you have the chance to win a Spring Super Sweeps from LAist. Donate $60 for one entry to win a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Check out all the other prizes too when you donate now at laist.com sweeps. Hi, this is Larry Mantle, host of Air Talk on KPCC. Since the start of the coronavirus pandemic, we've had a daily segment on Air Talk devoted to the latest information about COVID-19. As time's gone on, we've looked at vaccines and how the virus and pandemic have affected the lives of Southern Californians. That includes doctors, nurses, epidemiologists, and other medical professionals fighting the virus on the front lines. In each episode, of this podcast, we'll speak with one of our experts on the rotating panel of AirTalk guests who will be sharing their expertise with us daily. You can also listen anytime at las.com, kpecc.org, or subscribe wherever you download podcasts. I'm Sharon McNary in for Larry Mantle today. Now it's your chance to get your questions about COVID-19, the vaccines, the boosters, holiday travel, all of it answered by one of our medical experts. Today we're joined by Dr. Sam Turbati, co-chair of the Department of Emergency Medicine at Cedars-Sinai Medical Center. Dr. Turbati, thanks for being here. Good morning, Sharon. Thanks so much for having me. You bet. And um, if you have questions for Dr. Turbati on COVID-19, we're at 866-893-5722. You can also post your questions on the AirTalk Facebook page or tweet us at AirTalk or send an email to atcomments at kpcc.org. Please remember to include your city or neighborhood. That helps us uh, remember you. Uh, Okay, Dr. Turbati, uh, big news on Friday. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention endorsed booster shots of the Pfizer, BioNTech, and Moderna vaccines for all adults. California is already doing this, although Kaiser Permanente, where I go, is waiting for CDC go-ahead. But this official green light from the CDC now opens up boosters to many more Americans. Uh, What impact do you think this decision will have on the trajectory of the pandemic? I think it'll help things tremendously. I think uh, once, uh, once we have more people getting boosters, we can get on top of this uh, disease a little further. There's tons of research that came out showing that immunity starts to wane within five to six months. And that research and the science was presented to the committees. And it makes sense now at this point for all adults to get their boosters if they've uh, been vaccinated more than six months out. And getting uh, vaccinated and getting these boosters is a way to get protected so that we can avoid transmitting and, more importantly, getting sick ourselves. Well, I'm coming, I'm, I'm almost to the end of six months since my last um, COVID shot, and I'm, I'm actually kind of avoiding doing group things um, because I'm worried that maybe the immunity is slipping. Um, how much does that immunity slip toward the end of the, the six months after your second shot, and how quickly does the booster kick in and, and help you out? Great question. Uh, it, it really depends on, on the patient, on the host. Uh, we know that the immunity wears off faster for patients that are a little bit older in particular. And uh, there are certain patients where their immune system is not as strong. Their immunity wanes faster as well. And um, the, the science uh, from data that we have from uh, the uh, England in particular shows that Within a couple of weeks, the uh, the immunity is back up to 94% after a booster. 
So getting a booster really makes sense. And I think uh, for, for everybody who's excited to, to combat this, this illness, uh, now's the time. If you haven't received your booster and you're six months out, let's get it. Okay. Um, We are seeing what's happening in Europe right now. They're in the middle of another wave of the virus. Uh, Could all these boosters really help us ward off another wave here? I mean, I thought vaccinations were pretty high up in Europe. You know, the the, the challenge is that, you know, uh, we still continue to have a pretty large proportion of the population who hasn't been vaccinated, period, across the country. And even in California, we have pockets where we have significant proportion of, pa- of patients that haven't been vaccinated, period. So unless we get more and more people vaccinated, we're, we're not going to be able to stamp out this illness. And at the end of the day, the goal really is to avoid severe disease and hospitalizations and deaths. And that's where the vaccine has proven itself to be so incredibly effective. So we we need to continue the effort. We need to continue to listen to people and their concerns, continue to encourage them. If they haven't received their primary vaccinations, encourage them to do it. And for those who've been vaccinated already, encourage them to get their boosters so that they remain protected. Well, um, so a lot of people are making their appointments for booster shots in the next few days. I'm going to try and get mine tomorrow evening. Um, what's their expected level of immunity heading into Thanksgiving get-togethers? Not so great, right? It's it's not the 94%, but boy, it you know, within a few days, we know that uh, the antibody data suggests that the antibody levels start to go up. And again, you know, folks are not at zero at this point. They have a certain amount, maybe 40, 50, 60%. And if you get another 10, 20, 30% boost, then that's tremendously helpful. And like you said, the sooner we do it, the better so that uh, as we get into Thanksgiving and more importantly, as we get into the the cooler season and and the holidays with New Year's and and Christmas, that we have as much protection as as is available to us. Um, Jose uh, emails from Downey, says he has an 80-year-old aunt visiting from Mexico uh, for two months. She's vaccinated with AstraZeneca. Um, Jose wants to know if it's safe for her to mix the AstraZeneca vaccine with the boosters that are widely available while she's visiting here. So we we don't have tremendous guidance from the CDC. There hasn't been studies to, to show that. But scientific theory would argue that, yes, that the, the, the way the AstraZeneca vaccine is designed is one where providing a booster would provide better coverage. So I would, I would encourage um, your grandma to, to, to visit a uh, vaccine site and have the conversation and, and to get a, a booster right now. Thank you, Jose, for that comment. Um, Reminder, Dr. Tobadi is answering your questions. We're at 866-893-5722 or send an email to atcomments at kpcc.org. Cynthia in San Gabriel emailed us. She wanted to know she took the J&J vaccine in March. She's going to get a Pfizer, a Moderna shot that's been recommended by her daughter. Uh, She's worried about whether uh, the vaccine can cause Bell's palsy and what's the right booster for her to get. Dr. Sam Torbati is with us. Um, Doctor, what's your take on that? Cynthia, that's a really great question. You know, as we've been following um, sort of the issue of Bell's palsy and COVID-19 vaccines, we're discovering that the association between the vaccines and and Bell's palsy is not very strong at all. Um, Bell's palsy is, is, is rare, but it's not uncommon. 
it happens all the time to, to people out of nowhere. And, you know, at this point, the, the benefit of receiving a uh, mRNA vaccine is so strong that I'd strongly recommend that you go ahead and follow your physician's recommendation and that you get it. Thank you for that answer. Um, Rosa in San Pedro says her friend, uh, his, her, I beg your pardon, uh, friend flew into California from Florida. When she got here, she told us she was unvaccinated. We tested her and took her immediately to get vaccinated. But now I'm wondering how she even got here. Are local airports checking for vaccination status? What do you know about that? I, I wish I could tell you I know more, but I, uh, I'm not sure. I, uh, I, I suspect that um, cases like this are going to happen and, and people are going to get by the system. Um, but uh, it, it's, it's terrific to, to hear that, that you got your friend vaccinated. So that's great. And, and what about the rapid tests that people do before getting together with family and friends? What's the timing that one should follow for those tests? I mean, you do it in the car right before you go in or the day before yeah, those those tests are, are are best utilized basically as close to the event as possible. So as we're thinking of getting together around Thanksgiving, especially if people are worried about um, getting together with older loved ones in particular, people over 80 that are at highest risk for COVID complications, the best time is to do it the morning of. The closer you are to the event itself, the, the more accurate the test is in terms of picking up the presence of COVID in your nasal airway, where you may not actually necessarily be even symptomatic. Super. Um, let's hear from Bob. He's got a question about the mRNA vaccines. Um, Bob, are you with us? I am. So uh, what's your question about these mRNA vaccines? So we're having a debate. I'm an employer, and most of my people have actually gotten the vaccine, but there's some who have not, and I have been encouraging them to get it. And we're having this debate about whether the mRNA vaccine as a messenger RNA actually enters our cells and fights the virus from that perspective, or does it not? Like the traditional vaccines, they just are in our system. But and, not in ourselves. And why is that question important to you and the people you're debating with? Um, I think there's a fear factor. If I were to speculate about my people who don't get it or won't get it, they're afraid that it that it's going to enter their cell and change things. Okay. Well, thank you for articulating that, uh, Doctor Sam Tabati. What do you What do you think about that? Thank you, Bob, for that question. You know, those were some of the uh, very early questions that were posed back when some of these mRNA vaccines were being developed and being brought to the market. And the the, the response I would give to your um, to your employees is to tell them that yes, the mRNA vaccines are designed so that the mRNA enters the cells, so that the cells produce a protein, and that protein is what appears on the surface of the cells and triggers the immune response. But there's absolutely no reason, no evidence to suspect that that the entry of the mRNA into the cell adjusts it in any way. We have no data. And at this point, there's been, you know, hundreds of millions of, of, of opportunities to have seen those problems come up. And so these mRNA vaccines do take advantage of the cells um, systems of producing proteins so that the protein appears on the cell and, and the immune response is triggered. 
but it's extremely safe. Um, at the end of the day, I would encourage your your employees to get whichever of the vaccines they're most comfortable with. But from a scientific standpoint, both the mRNA and the Johnson & Johnson are tremendously safe. Well, thank you. And thank you, Bob, for your question. Um, uh, Michelle in West L.A. is asking if it's okay for her 17-year-old son to get a booster since it's been over six months since his last shot. 17 years old, is, is that okay for a booster? Um, well, it, at this point, 18 is what was uh, approved. So um, 17, uh, technically the answer is, is uh, uh, no. And uh, the bottom line is that for the 17-year-olds, their, their immune system is, is so good that the likelihood of them even needing it is exceedingly low. So I would not have any hesitation in terms of any, any concerns. But technically, you know, we have to follow the science. And at this point, in terms of the science, in terms of effectiveness and safety, the studies were done on 18 and over. So we need to kind of follow that and also follow the guidance from the CDC around that. Okay. We're getting more questions um, online. Um, Heather in Glendale asks, my friend got the J&J vaccine and then got COVID a few weeks later. Now he's wondering if he should get a booster. What, what do you think about that, Dr. Sam Tobati? Heather, for sure. Um, your, your friend should certainly get a, a booster as long as it's been over 90 days after the COVID infection. Uh, the recommendations are to wait 90 days because the COVID infection itself provides a fair amount of immunity. But after 90 days, your friend is, uh, uh, may get a, a booster. And um, we, the, we have some data to suggest that crossing over from J&J over to an mRNA, um, either a booster or a second shot, is, is a better choice. So I, I, I agree with that recommendation. Michelle in Mar Vista called Air Talk and asks, what is the doctor's advice on an indoor Thanksgiving celebration? Fewer than 10 people, most people over 50, except one five-year-old who's only had one dose so far. The rest of us are not boosted. What do you think? Well, compared to uh, the alternative uh, of, of being around people that are unimmunized, I think you're in really good shape. Um, this sounds like a, a pretty low-risk um, uh, situation in terms of everybody being um, uh, vaccinated already. Um, the, if there's any concerns, you know, uh, a test can be done on, 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 on the child just to make sure the day of that they're not transmitting. And there's a few other things that in general younger children can do to make things a little bit safer, especially if they're going to be around the, their grandparents, the much older um, population. And it could be things like uh, wearing a mask, um, you know, around uh, the grandparents and uh, some of the other measures that we've talked about. But I think in your particular scenario, this is a very low risk situation. So enjoy the holidays. Yeah, there's an option, Michelle. Uh, Walter emails and says, my mother had the Sputnik V about six months ago. I think that's the uh, vaccine that was developed in Russia. Uh, she's visiting now and we're thinking to getting her a booster of the Moderna. Is that a good idea? Sputnik V plus Moderna. We, uh, we don't have great guidance from the FDA or the CDC um, around this, but generally speaking, we think that these are safe practices. 
Okay. Uh, well, so sounds like a good go-ahead then. Um, and in Duarte, uh, Jede called Airtalk, what is the possibility that the virus that causes COVID can lie dormant in the body and cause issues down the line, like how the chicken pox can cause shingles later in life? That's a really good, great question. Um, the, uh, the the way this va- this virus works is actually different than than chickenpox. Um, the um, the herpetic viruses do stick around the body, which is why they can recur and reactivate. And so chickenpox later manifests itself as uh, shingles. This virus doesn't behave that way, and that's a good thing. Once the virus is gone and out of the body, it's gone. Well, I mean, it's only been two years into the pandemic. How can you be so positive of that? Um, We have a pretty good handle on sort of the behavior of of this virus. Um, Some of the viruses, um, the way they work, the the herpetic viruses in particular, is they incorporate their genetic material into the human genome. I'm here with Dr. Sam Torbati co-chair of the Department of Emergency Medicine at Cedars-Sinai Medical Center. He's answering your questions about COVID-19, vaccines, and boosters. If you have questions for Dr. Turbati on COVID-19, give us a call, 866-893-5722. You can also post your questions on the AirTalk Facebook page, tweet us at AirTalk, or send an email to atcomments at kpcc.org. Remember to include the city or neighborhood you're in. Just a few minutes left. Let's make sure to get those in right now. Now, um, we've seen rising demand, uh, Dr. Sam Turbati, for these at-home rapid COVID tests. They used to be pretty hard to come by, but now test, maker, test makers have ramped up production thanks to new contracts with the government. Um, chains like CVS and Walgreens say they have ample supplies. Um, do you anticipate issues of getting these tests um, as we get further into the holiday season, even if there's a surge? Yeah, I think I think uh, it's a great idea for people um, to get their hands on on these. These are wonderful tests. Again, they're not um, as accurate as um, as the tests that can take 24, 48 hours to, um, to 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 come back. But these rapid tests are really useful, especially around travel and family get-together. Especially if if we're dealing with people that are either unvaccinated or smaller children. Uh, what the supply chain will come, you know, will result in, and how these are going to be snag- snagged up by companies and corporations, uh, I I think uh, time will tell. But if people come across them, I think uh, having one or two uh, around at home is, around the holidays is a real good idea. Now I haven't gone out in search of these. Do you have any idea how much they cost? I think they go for about twenty dollars a kit. That's oh what I've seen. So for a family of seven, that, that's quite a big chunk of money. It certainly could be. Uh, so hopefully, um, you know, vaccines and boosters are, are, are being used as a primary um, mode of, of protection. Um, but this is just a little extra uh, that seems to be available. And it's good to see that, that the uh, companies are producing more for, for use around the holidays. Are, are they a spit test or a swab in the throat or the nose? How do they work? Um, for the most part, I've seen them uh, uh, be uh, spit tests. There's a couple of them on the, different, uh, on the market. Uh, real important for people just to follow the instructions on these and um, understand that if uh, people become symptomatic um, after they've tested, that they need to be retested because 
the accuracy of the test is not high early in disease. So if you do a test and two days later you have symptoms, that test isn't really good. You've got to retest. Okay, so um, I know that in some schools uh, they're doing like little uh, group tests, like 10 kids will all spit in the same container and or all use the swabs and then they're tested together to see if one of the 10 is uh, positive. Is that a way to save money at home, have 10 people all do the same test? And <laughs> if one of them's positive, then everybody goes and gets separate tests? Um, I, I think it reduces the diagnostic accuracy. Um, I know it's a tactic that's being used in certain environments, especially if tests are not available. Ideally, if a test is available, uh, it's, it's, uh, the, the information in terms of accuracy is higher if, if, the, if the methodology that's described on the kit itself is followed. Okay. Sam in Tustin uh, asks, uh, says, my friend is 24. He got his shots over six months ago. He hasn't gotten the booster yet. Is it safe for people in his age range, males under 30, to get the booster without risk of... Oh, that's the second question. He wants to know if males under 30 who get the booster are at risk for myocarditis, swelling of the heart muscle. So um, 24-year-old healthy people tend to have a higher persistent... um, um, sort of uh, protection after after the first two mRNA vaccines. Again, immunity wears off faster for older patients, especially patients that have uh, underlying medical conditions. So the likelihood of him, um, quote, needing it is not as high as somebody who may be older. In terms of safety, um, the data is being monitored right now in terms of the prevalence of the myocarditis, which is what I suspect um, Sam's asking about mm-hmm. uh, after the third vaccine, um, after the booster in particular, and we don't have all that data quite yet. Um, the the good thing that we do have is that we know that for patients who who get the myocarditis after the first or second, the the illness is extremely mild, and so um, it, it it's a question of comparing priorities. And at this point, recommendations are still there to suggest that the benefit is higher if, if, if people get the booster. Now, keep in mind that at this point, the CDC recommendations are for 50 and over, it's strongly recommended. 18 and over, it is offered. Hmm. So that's where that difference comes in, where people can still choose, but the evidence is strongest for people 50 and over to get that, that booster shot. Now, uh, Tim in Manhattan Beach kind of speaks to that uh, issue. He wants to know why we're going by age and not wait to determine who's eligible for the vaccine. So it, it turns out that um, although uh, obesity by itself is a significant risk factor for developing severe disease, no matter how old you are, age by far is the number one risk factor for people who develop COVID as to whether they're going to become very sick or not. So when you look at the likelihood of requiring hospitalization and God forbid dying, that number goes up drastically after the age of 50. And that's where typically 50 is used as a cutoff. 50 is one landmark and then 80. After 80, the numbers go sky high. Wow. Well, thank you so much. It's been great hearing your answers to all these rapid-fire questions from everybody. Uh, well, 
grab some of those and maybe come back to them tomorrow. Um, thank you very much, Dr. Sam Turbati, co-chair of the Emergency Medicine Department at Cedars-Sinai. Now, don't forget, if you miss any of our daily COVID updates, you can download the COVID in LA podcast from LAS Studios. We post a new one every day. Some of our last comments... Um, Oh, my gosh. Uh, Marissa in Long Beach is worried about a hot spot where she received her booster shot. Can you give me an answer in five, 10 seconds? Concern, not concern? Mm, I wouldn't be too concerned. Would not be too concerned. Okay, thank you, Dr. Sam Torbati, co-chair of the Emergency Medical Department at Seniors Sinai. I'm Sharon McNary filling in for Larry Mantle today. Thanks for listening to this episode of COVID in L.A. If you'd like to stay up to date with the latest coronavirus news, you can listen anytime at LAist.com, at kpcc.org, or subscribe wherever you download podcasts. See you next time and stay safe. I'm Larry Mantle. This program is made possible in part by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people.